Hey girl, and you are tuned in to She Believe He Could podcast. She Believe He Could is a declaration, period. I mean, we are encouraging women across the nation to believe again. Despite what it looks like, despite how you may feel, listen, those emotions is taken to the bank. You know what I'm saying? Like we are declaring something that's more powerful than our own being. We are declaring that we might not can't do it in our own strength, in our own willpower, but we know somebody who can. And so we're taking that to the father. We're laying down all the things that we are in this world. And so I just want to open up and share my faith to believe in marriage, motherhood, sisterhood, and so much more. And yes, your girl is all of those things. Amen. This episode is genuinely a testimony of my salvation and what led up to those moments and exactly how it correlates to the Bible because there's a story in particular in the Bible that I didn't know prior to this moment that I had in my life, but the moment that I heard this story, I knew that was me. And so I'm grateful and I'm thankful and we're just going to jump right into this episode. The title of this episode is Spiritually Thirsty. Now I'm going to reflect back on a time that, you know, obviously wasn't my best time, but I do believe that she believed he could and the way that he wants to shift the narrative is that you're going to have to be vulnerable. You're going to have to be willing. You're going to have to be willing to stand. And if that makes you the only person in the room, then so be it. And so that's how you know you're truly walking in the light of Jesus and you're you're following him um, when you're able to do that. So this week I was in prayer in regards to this topic. Um, Truthfully, it was a very hard time in my life. So a little background about me, um, my husband and I, we've been married for seven years. But right into our first year of marriage, it was tough. It was hard. It was hell. It was an emotional roller coaster, if I can be precise. Like it was just, there were good days, but there were more bad days. And so I was just, I just had it, you know, like I didn't think that marriage was it. And I I start to feel trapped almost. And so... I decided to leave. That's right. Like I packed up my children at the time. Um, My husband and I didn't have any kids together. So we're a blended family. And so the three oldest children, um, they were, you know, fairly small at this time. And so I packed their bags and I packed my bags and I was out. I didn't want to be in the marriage anymore. I wanted to just be done. And so we moved back in with my mother, who was at the time in a one bedroom apartment. And so she gave us the bedroom and she slept on the couch. And during this time, there was a lot of uncertainty because I started to regret a lot of things. I started to question, you know, my, you know, my, my life, you know, as a whole, Um, despite being a mother, a daughter, a friend, like none of that mattered in this moment, because yet again, I found myself facing you know, doubt and fear and disappointment um, 
yeah, most of it was disappointment, more so in myself. And, you know, I thought me getting married was an accomplishment because, um, you know, women in my family, they aren't married, you know, in that light, you know, and I didn't really see it celebrated enough. And so I thought, okay, you know, I'm doing something right here. So when the marriage to me was over and I started to regret the whole idea of marriage, I really fell into a really dark sunken place like I was depressed I wasn't eating hardly sleeping and I just couldn't figure out you know why was I here you know when I tried to do everything right like how did I get here and I can't say that I was talking to God in the beginning because I truly wasn't I was just in my head for the most part in the beginning of this separation and so my kids were still going to daycare at this time. So let's say this happened in May. And so going into the summer, they were still going to daycare, which was across town. So I would get up every day and take them to daycare just so that they had a place of normalcy. So they had a place that they can go and um, not be, you know, weighed down with my problems. Even as young children, I know how that feels to watch mom or those around you be in such, you know, trials and uh, when they're facing trials and tribulation, how that too get on you and then you're carrying it, even as a young child. So I was getting up and I was taking them to daycare. And after I would drop them off, I would take them like mid morning, um, like not too late to where they couldn't eat breakfast, but not too early either. And so I would take them off to daycare and I would go to the lake. So there's a lake here in Dallas um, that's pretty big and I would go there and there was this little spot that I found myself in every day and I would just sit there. There was like a little mini mini dock and I would just sit there and mind you, I live in Texas. So a hot summer day, midday, it could get up to anywhere between 103, 104 and I would just sit there, like just sit. Most days I didn't bring anything to eat or drink or anything. I would just sit out there and I would just stare into the water. And I would just, I would just sit with myself and my thoughts, you know? And I remember my mom, she was like, you know, why are you going out there to that lake? It's hot. Like I literally was getting sunburn on my neck and shoulders and my back because of how hot and how directly I was sitting in the sun. But I didn't care. It's like it didn't bother me. Um, I went out, if not every day, every other day. And I would just sit with myself and my choices. And so if you haven't really, you know, captured where I'm going with this, God really had me in John, John 4 to be exact, where Jesus, um, he meets the Samaritan woman. He reveals himself to her. And what I love about this story is that prior to me understanding what it was that Jesus was doing, I 
saw myself as the Samaritan woman. I mean, I was going out to this place at the lake in the heat of the day, just like she did. She didn't want to be bothered. She didn't want people in her face. She didn't want to hear what anyone had to say. She didn't really care. Um, and so our mindsets was almost exact, you know. It's kind of like she didn't want to be in the crowd because no one really liked her. Um, she had a bad reputation. And not to say that I had a bad reputation, but just to say that when you felt like you've hit rock bottom, you isolate yourself. You don't, you don't confront anybody about you. You kind of just isolate yourself and you just kind of move on, right? And so here in John chapter 4, where Jesus revealed himself to the Samaritan woman, this is where I started to reflect on exactly how she may have been feeling. Because although, you know, the law said one thing and Jesus did another, but the most um, crucial part of it all is that when he revealed himself to her, she was astonished. You know, she was, it was like, you know, I know people in my town know about me, but who are you to know these things, you know? And so one thing that I really took away from this story of the Bible is that our testimony about Jesus is a powerful tool in leading others to believe in him. So at this time when I seeked God and Jesus in this light, I couldn't really hardly believe what I was doing. In revealing, in Jesus revealing himself to the Samaritan woman, it's, it was so that she could go and share what had just happened to her, to others. And that's what we do in the earth. You know, we share our testimonies and we, we shed light on those moments with Jesus so that other believers and other, not even just believers, but just other people in general, so that they could taste and see him in this way that it too can happen for them. And so reminiscing back to this, the, these moments that I had at the lake, I began to pray, you know, I don't, I can honestly say that I wasn't really asking God for his hand. At this time in my life, because things was just so dark for me, but I began to pray. I remember just asking God for direction. In the in the heat of the day, in the midst of the wind, you know, the world moving around me, I just wanted direction. I needed answers. I needed to know what was happening to me. You know, where is my life? I it seemed like I couldn't differentiate the beginning from the end and one day I heard God so clear across the waters I heard him say you're here asking me for direction when I never told you to walk away it's like I'm gonna go my way but then when I get lost or when I, I get to a dead end, oh, then I want to ask for direction, right? And I heard God tell me so clear that 
I never asked you to leave. This isn't where you're supposed to be. It's so difficult for you now because this isn't in my plans for you. You're praying and asking me for direction and you're wondering why you're here. And no matter how much you drink, you'll forever be thirsty. And it's hot. You're here in the heat of the day. And it's like your thirst is never ending. And so spiritually, I started to receive God's love, God's truth about me. Because truth was, he was right. I made the decision to walk away. I made the decision to throw in the towel of my marriage. I didn't even value marriage in the way that God does. And so to be sitting out in the heat, in the one of the hottest moments of the day, midday, with nothing, God was saying that spiritually, I am everlasting. And what I love about this story is that his presence truly does expose sin. It does. Like, have you ever invited God into your life to where when he exposed flaws and sin in your life, you get very uncomfortable. You start to question everything about you. Things that never came up. Things that you suppressed along the way. Things that you may have forgotten about yourself, but they still reside in you. That's what God's presence does. And so in this moment that Jesus reveals himself to her and um, when the exchange about the water, when Jesus asked her for water, he said, please give me a drink. The woman was surprised. You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? I can only imagine that she was like, I really came up here to get my water so I can go. I really don't have time for this. Like, I don't want to be bothered. And so her, her, I want to say she had a little bit of an attitude. Jesus replied, uh, this is verse 10, chapter 4. If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I will give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? What I love about this is that she was so surfaced with her answer. Like he said, if you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you are speaking to, you will ask me and I will give you living water. The first thing she said was, but you don't have a rope or a bucket. So it kind of just, it's kind of like it just went completely over her head. He just said, the gift God has for you. 
and who you're speaking to. She was like, well, you won't have a rope or a bucket. So I don't understand what, how you're going to get this water. Down in verse 13, Jesus replied and said, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give, I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them an eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. So in this moment, she was she was eager. No matter what her motive was, she she was eager. She wanted this water. He said, well, go get go and get your husband. Jesus told her, I don't have a husband. The woman replied, Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with. Now, you certainly spoke the truth. <laughs> Jesus was. About that life period. But when he said you certainly spoke the truth. I was reflecting on my own truth. There at that lake. Because truth was. What were you doing out there? Why did you walk away from your marriage? What were you looking to get out of leaving? What are you looking forward to? Now that you're on your own. You know, truth, my truth was I didn't know and I didn't have all the answers. And no matter how many days I went out to that lake, nothing was fulfilling. I went every day, almost every day to that lake. And I sat there in the heat of the day searching for myself. For my truth. And so I am just truly grateful that God met me there. But not without suffering. Because it was hot. Okay. But I, I was determined. I was desperate. I was eager. I wanted something more. Something that this world couldn't buy me, couldn't give to me. Something that I couldn't even provide for myself. So I went there looking, searching, seeking for answers. Not just for my life, but for my soul. I was so deep into the dark that all I wanted to be was in the light. So I was there every day. And like I said, not without suffering. Most days I wasn't eating. Most days I didn't take drinks out there with me. I just was sitting in a place of rest. And as the world shifted around me and as everybody moved around me, nothing mattered in that moment. So when God revealed that you're not even supposed to be here, 
I was just, I knew that there was a need and that the only way this was going to piece itself back together was with the grace of God. And so I, I remember there was a day where I called my husband and I told him to come meet me at the lake. You know, it wasn't, it, at this point, it wasn't bad to where we weren't talking. He knew I was there every day. And when he came to meet me at that lake, that one particular day, I knew in my heart of hearts that God was the way, the truth, the life. He was the only way we were going to make this work. So, yeah, that was year one in our marriage. And we've been married seven years now. And we truly do know that God is the source. He's the center. He is the rock. He is the glue. He's truly the vessel between us. And so... To worship him, to worship him in spirit is, is truth. Spirit in truth is worship. And, and I needed that to be revealed to me in those days because I was running from the truth. I was hiding. I was guarded. I was shielded. I was in doubt. And so Jesus didn't come to take away our challenges, but to truly change us on the inside and to empower us to deal with problems from God's perspective. So it's not that we won't ever struggle with something or we won't ever be faced with a challenge. But to be changed on the inside so that we are moving and thinking from God's point of view is, you know, complete bliss. That is the happy ending. So here in the book of John, chapter four, reading about the Samaritan woman and, um, just her interest in what Jesus was saying. And so, again, relating this back to truth, truth was that she was definitely interested in what he was saying because she thought it could make her life easier. You know, when he was telling her about the living water, she wanted it, right? But think about this. Like, if we all went to Jesus in that way and... We accepted, you know, Christ's message in that light. It would be for all the wrong reasons, you know. Give me what I want so that way it's self-satisfaction. And that's not, that wasn't the intent. That wasn't Jesus' intention. So, being thirsty for something deeper than what that well could provide her could supplement her, could supply her, 
that was that was my life, you know, wanting something deeper than what I could see, than what I could touch, than what I could feel. Having something spiritually connected to me is what I was desiring and I was desperate for. So this week, I'm just encouraging you to read this chapter. It's a very known story in the Bible. But read it once more and ask yourself, have you ever been so thirsty spiritually that you've been desperate for it? You've you've you desired it um, and you wouldn't settle for anything less. And so this week, I declare that we don't just settle to quench our thirst, that we spiritually drink from living water. Spiritually. So until next time, girlfriend, holla. Hey girl, before you go, don't forget to rate, comment, or subscribe to this podcast. If you like this week's episode, be sure to share with all of the girls in your world. Check out the website at www.shebelievehecouldpodcast.com for more episodes.